This is episode number 658 of the Inner Fight Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the show, ladies and gentlemen. No matter where you are in the world, I hope you're doing fantastic, having a good day, had a good day, or are preparing to have another great day tomorrow. Big shout out to Start to Run. Yes, these guys are getting all airtime, and this is really fitting for today's show as I'm speaking to a gentleman by the name of Sam Browning, who not only shares his story with us, but also a part of that story is his journey on the Start to Run program. It will get you started to run. It's pretty straightforward. If you're looking at running, wanting to get into running, then this is a program for you. Drop rj at innerfight.com an email. As I said there, Sam Browning is my guest today. Sam has lived over here in the UAE for about the last 11 years. Super interesting background. Helping people is one of his passions. And then at the start of 2019, and I won't ruin the whole show, but at the start of 2019, he went on pretty much a life-changing journey as he started out at 147 kilos and today weighs in at 110. I will let him tell the story. This was a great show. We went a little bit longer than normal, but he was worth every minute. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for supporting the show, and I'm sure you will enjoy this one. Let's head over to my chat with Sam. Welcome back to another episode of the Inner Fight Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. As I was saying there, this one I'm super interested to do. Sam, welcome to the show. What an honor. What an honor to be here. Right, not at all. I mean, may we I guess the world of social media is where we where we probably met, mate, but give us a little bit of background on yourself. What's going on? Why are you in Dubai? And then we're gonna take it to quite an interesting place. Yeah, well, my journey. So originally from the UK, moved out here about eleven years ago. Um, so that brings me to Dubai. My background, I did a degree in adventure recreation. Would you believe? My friends used to say... Adventure recreation. Yeah, a lot of my friends called it the adventure playground degree. Right. Um, So basically, my, you know, early adult career was taking kids, adults into the outdoors. I was an outdoor instructor and everything uh, from uh, the UK to the US. I was a husky sled guide in Lapland in the Arctic Circle for a while. I like to say that I'm one of the only people I know that have worked at minus 50. And plus, and 50. plus 50. It's <laughs> a lot of fun, that is. Yeah, right. Um, and then, yeah, so, I mean, we can dive a little bit more into to there or... Yeah, mate, I, I, what, I'm, what I'm always interested to hear is people growing up and, and, and maybe some of the things that you experienced as a child, mate, early memories in, obviously, this is a health fitness show, so early memories in sport and what sport perhaps meant to you as a child, let's start there. That's always a good place to start. Go all the way back. Yeah. Um, I'll be very honest. I was not a sporty kid. You know, I wouldn't say I ex- excelled at any sport, one or the other. Um, yeah. The earliest sporting memories I have is kicking a football around with my dad in the park when I was, you know, four Don't or five. We all? I'm, sure we, I'm sure we all have that. Yeah. Football was probably the biggest driver for me, sport-wise, because my dad was a big football fan. Right. You know, my first, uh, my first sporting event that I went to see was a uh, was a football match. Right. Uh, soccer, if anybody's you know from the states is listening. Yeah. It should be called football. Um, and it sort of grew from there. Really, I never really played team sports coming up. I just wasn't good enough. Yeah. Right. Um, Fitness was never high on my agenda. It's, right. a, it's, a, it's a bit of an odd 
So how do you how do you end up to? I mean, we'll get to where you are, but I'm I'm trying to put this together straight away. In university, you do a degree in recreation, outdoor pursuits, basically, and you're the outdoor guy. But growing up, there's no massive massive interest in sport. No, and so it's a really interesting point because there was never that drive for me. Right. But then when I was uh, 16, yeah. I went on a world challenge expedition. Do and those so things still happen? I don't know if they do anymore, right. but they, they certainly Tell us a little bit about there. it, mate, because I, I remember these when I was young. Yeah, so we went to Guyana in South America. We were there for a month. Wow. Um, built houses, went to turtle sanctuaries, trekked through the rainforest, you name it, backpacking, kids, that sort of thing. It yeah. was a dream. Wow. And the guy that ran the expedition, funnily enough, his name was Rupert. I'll still remember his name today. Yeah. He was ex-army, qualified expedition leader, and just this aura, this aura about him that as soon as I came away from it, yeah. it wasn't necessarily about sport. It was about becoming a guy like him. It was becoming a leader. It was becoming somebody who could take people to environments and ex- you know, give them experiences that I've experienced. Right. And so... When I came back, I mean, I was not, I'm not an academic person. I said I was not sporty. I was an academic. not really sure what I was good at. <laughs> um, but I came back and I looked at every possible route to get me there. Yeah. To get to that level of qualification. And so that was the goal. So then I pieced it backwards. So if I wanted to get that qualification, I had to do this course. Yeah. And if I did this course, I'd get this degree. Then I get this degree and I do these courses, then I can get to there. Right. And that's sort of how it flowed, really. And that's sort of paved path, path the, the way. I want to pause you quickly and then we'll, we'll come back to it, mate. What was it that you saw in this guy that you, you liked? Like, what was Admiral? Um, what, what did I admire in him? It was a strength of character. Yeah. I'd say more than anything else. There was this, there was this stereotypical, not officer-type military guy. I mean, yeah. he was very accessible, very open to all of us, but... There was this guy that was leading us. Right. Giving us this experience. No nonsense. No flapping. I mean, we had situations where, you know, I carved out, I say me, several of us carved out a runway. Right. High up in the mountains, out of this massive, court, you know, grass field because somebody had been injured and the only way they could get in was to fly a plane in. But the only way they could fly a plane in was if they had a runway. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and looking back now as a 16-year-old, yeah. I would have thought, I thought nothing of it. Oh, that's a shame. Someone's hurt themselves. But yeah. then in the back now as an adult, you think, what the hell was going on in his mind? Yeah. Trying to plan all of that, trying to get everybody engaged to do that and just having a bit of fun along the way. And it was, I suppose, a, you know, I've never really, I, up until that point, because I wasn't in sport, I never had that leader. I yeah. I never had that coach, that guide, that mentor almost. Yeah. Uh, my dad was always there, but For to sure. a different degree. Yeah. Um, and that was what it was really. It was just sort of, you know, maybe there was a little bit of narcissism in me to yeah. say that, you know, he was the, the guy to follow. Yeah. But I, I think it's very true, mate, because I think I, I massively believe that people come into our lives at certain times for certain reasons and everything sort of happens for a reason. And, you know, I, I because I've been on trips like that. I, I never did a World Challenge trip, but I've been on trips like that. And you sort of find these guys that you're like, yeah, that they're good people. And they've got good character traits. They're leaders. They can figure stuff out. They're, they're just they're great people. And what, what is it that they've got? And at a young age, like you were, I think it's something that, you know, it, it kind of molds us a little bit. 
and yeah, and then you go on. You, you obviously went on this path to try and so 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 carry on the journey. <laughs> so got back, went into uh, went into a course at college and trained. To, at that point, I actually honestly thought about joining the military. Right. Um, you know the branch of the Marines that did adventure work. Um, so did a lot of qualifications along the way. Went to university. Again, climbing, canoeing, kayaking, sailing, orienteering, caving, you name it, I was an instructor in it. Really? Yeah, I used to teach kids in the community for it. And what I became very, what what I realized very quickly is that I loved the discipline in terms of the adventure sports category. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. But I didn't love doing it. As, wow. a, as an individual yeah all if right. that made sense. so yeah. i was i was never the guy on the course that would at the weekend pack up the bag let's go climbing right but if somebody came to me an opportunity and said look i've got uh i've got 20 kids they want to go canoeing on the river and we need a guide i'd be the first person there wow because something for me along the way yeah that became that became the focus for me i really enjoyed that taking people that you know, you see physically can't do anything. Yes. Or are scared or overcoming hurdles. And especially in an environment like that, I mean, my, you know, my degree thesis was, um, was on, or my dissertation was on um, perceived risk right. in adventure sports in children. Wow. So does the person training them, doing it with them, have an effect on their perception of risk, the ages, the type of things? All of these things were, um, were factors. Right. And... Kind of got to the end of the, um, kind of came to the end of my my degree, and it was sort of, what do I do next? You know, where do I go? I chased the sun for a little while, worked in the states. Um, as I said, went up to went up to Lapland, worked in a worked <laughs> as a sled guide, which was amazing, pretty insane. So, yeah, right. Uh, I was an elf in uh, <laughs> up, up there for a little while. How first. long were you there for? Like a winter season? Yeah, so flew out in September. And then came back probably Feb March time. And so. what talk, this, this is this is fascinating, <laughs> mate. Like it, 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 this is where I'm I'm very old school. That I think people of of, of our sort of age and era did some quite interesting jobs. I've I've, I've never been to Lapland to do this, but it's a l- almost a little bit lost these days, and and even more so. Like I, I was thinking when I when I finished school at eighteen. And which a lot of people have finished school at 18 right now, you know, you went and worked in a pub and I still have these memories of working in a pub and all of that has been taken from these kids. So I'm interested to hear about, about Lapland because that's just, that's mental. Yeah, so this, this was a funny one. Um, I came back from America, a yeah. summer, summer session. I worked at a summer camp out there um, uh, for kids. I was the director of adventure, I suppose you could call. Yeah. Came back, didn't really know what was coming next. Went and worked in a pub for a little while. Yeah. As you know, that's what I did through university. That's what I did. Um, And then there was a company that did Santa package holidays. That's what they did to Lapland. And you know, you go on a one day, two day, three day trip. Yeah. You see the sites, whatnot. And they were looking for basic field operators, you know, guys to set up that kind of thing. I was late into the season coming into it and sort of said, look, give me a shot. They flew me out you know, 5 a.m. from Bristol in the UK, got there, man, was it a shock to the system. Even yeah. September, October time, it's starting to get cold. Really? Yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. It's definitely not above 10 degrees. Um, and as the as the season went on, I was doing more and more stuff, taking on more responsibility, became a bus leader, working with the tourists. And, you know, you could go through, and as I said, at one point, I was an elf wow. for Santa. Spoiler if any kids are listening. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. Um, but, you know, one day one of the girls that was one of the elves was ill and they said, Sam, do you want to give it a go? And I jumped, uh, 
that was me all over. Really? Absolutely, absolutely loved it. Great day messing about in the snow with funny ears <laughs> on their stupid, <laughs> stupid, uh, stupid shoes. But we, one of our providers was a husky um, farm. Right. I say farm, not in the way you think it is. They're yeah. Not, they're not breed, you know, but it's rescue dogs that they take for those tours. Wow. Um, and it wasn't far away from the base where we were. And I got to know the owners. And so the owner was actually the first Finnish guy to ski solo to the South Pole. Wow. I think it was the South Pole. One of the poles. Right. Um, and his wife, who was an English adventurer, they'd actually raced high, high, high level adventure races before. Yeah. You probably know them if I could figure out the Passier Conan and Anna McCormick, I think. Right. So Maybe. And yeah. uh, they, they said, look, come and work for us. Wow. So from taking tourists you know, every day down to see Santa, I was now on a husky farm. So wow. the same crap you can expect, literal crap every day. Yeah. You get up at 4 a.m., it's pitch black, it's wow. minus, minus 20, wow. four or five layers on, snowmobiling in between, taking tour groups out onto the frozen marshes on sleds. Wow. Looking after the dogs. I mean, it was incredible. That Absolutely is incredible. Mental. So, and were you there for the full winter season? Were you? Yeah. So I joined, I joined them just after new, just after Christmas. Right. So, because they're sort of, Obviously, the Christmas season yeah, for that sort huge. of tour thing yeah. finishes. Okay. Um, like in terms of the tourists coming out to see yeah, Santa. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so probably about the 27th of December through to about mid-March. I wow. Went them, so for three months. Wow. And it was, I mean, an inc- it was a phenomenal experience. Like you said, you know, they're sort of robbed from people now. I don't yeah. think I could just disappear up there for three months and see what happens. Didn't get paid. Yeah. You know, it was one of those ones where, look, we'll give you accommodation food give you food yeah yeah. give you your kit and what more do you want but mate what you must have some quite interesting thoughts about the because what they're giving you in in my opinion is life experience right and i mean in this scenario you're probably dealing with people from all different parts of the world you're in an extreme environment but you're doing something that obviously everyone loves to to come and see and get like you say huskies and everyone's like you know like it's absolutely crazy so i do you think like a lot of the time people are like oh if i don't get money for that then i'm not doing it but you've looked at this as i'm getting a real incredible experience from this yeah i think so you know at that time i was so invested in being there um i'd loved being up there i mean at that point of the year it was probably dark for 22 hours a day Wow. You know what I mean? You get that far up, northern lights every night. I mean, it was literally the tour holidays you dream of going on. And wow. I was, I could walk out the front door, shoulder deep in snow, northern lights, wow. ice cold. Um, and you, for me, that's what I wanted to continue. Yeah. There was that sense of adventure in me at that point that I really wanted to just carry on with. Uh, and I also didn't need anything else. Yeah. Because at that point, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sort of out of university. Yeah. I don't have. I don't have any major expenses yes. or apart from student debt, but you know, not <laughs> sort that out later. That'll be ten years down. Yeah, yeah. But no mortgage, no real responsibilities. Yes. And so, why not? Yeah. Why not go down there? I was, I had somewhere to live. I had a roof over my house. People yeah. were feeding me. And yeah. I didn't, you know, there was beer on the table when I wanted it in the really? evening. Really amazing. You know, and then I've got great stories to tell of it. Yeah, mate, I, I can imagine. We probably we could probably actually do a whole show <laughs> on the stories of sort of a, a, a season in, 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 in Lapland. So we must move on, mate. Where where did you so you're out of uni and, and you're up there traveling around helping people. I, I love the way you, you said something really interesting a, a few minutes ago, Sam, in, in that you got more pleasure in sort of teaching people something or helping people to enjoy something than you would out of going and doing that thing just on your own or with friends. Talk to us a little bit about that, mate, because that, that's very interesting. 
Yeah, I suppose it. I suppose it is from an out. For me, it's a yeah. From an outside, from an outside perspective, perspective, it's it like, oh, I, I want to go and have all the fun. Like, yeah. I'm selfish. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, there are a lot of things I do enjoy, mm. but then there were elements of it where it was just more fun doing it with other people. And but then the biggest. The, the number one thing for me ever was when you took a child who, you know, we used to do rock climbing. Yeah. Physically were so, were so afraid, couldn't do anything, couldn't even get off a foot off the ground. Yeah. And just by talking to them and reassuring them and just doing what you could to then move them 10 foot up, five yeah. foot up even. Yeah. The look on their face when they came down, that for me filled me with so much more joy. Amazing. Because I'm getting it back from them. I am, yeah. I am hands down 100% an extrovert. I'm a people person. Yeah, yeah. I thrive on other people's energy. Right. And so if I'm there on my own, yeah, I get the high five, but it's, I want to share it with other people. Yeah. You know, I'm not an isolated guy. You know, I'm the yeah. kind of guy my wife laughs at me, but if I'm at home on my own, I have to put the TV on so there's noise in the background. Really? Even if I'm not watching it. Yeah, I just, yeah. I, I like to be, I'm getting better. Yeah, you know, I'm getting better at being on my own <laughs> with my own company. So silent retreat is not on the cards. No, I listened to that episode actually. <laughs> yeah, with Jules. Yeah, yeah. There's no way I could do a silent retreat. Yeah, I'm, mate, I, I actually got got some notes to get her back on and talk all about that silent retreat and stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm a little bit unsure about that as well. About that much time in silence and. Of course, she's going to persuade us when she comes back on the show that it's a it's a it's a great idea. It's a, it's a good thing for everybody. Yeah, it's a good thing for every, as 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 people do. But no, Jules is quite as as you heard in that in that show. And folks, if, if you know, it was a couple of weeks ago when when Jules was on. She was she was talking about the silent retreat she did for the first ten days. She was in New Zealand. Yeah, something like that. It was crazy. But your TV on in the background, so dealing with people and helping people is something that is. You just love doing, mate. Yeah, and then, you know, going through the qualifications and the coaching and, the, you know, to become an instructor, I yeah. sort of went hand in hand with that. Um, and that's what I sought out. You know, I sought out people and to take people on an adventure and to experience it with them, I think, more than anything else. I mean, yeah. it's a funny thing, now you mention it, is to try to drill down yeah. in, intrinsically to see, well, what was it that yeah. spurred me to do that? And I, I don't know. Yeah. That was just, that was, that was the bit I always got the kick out of. Right. As opposed to being the first guy to the top. Oh my Incredible. Own. So moving forward, mate, where what happened next in life? Well, that's a funny one. It's I almost like kind th- of do these shows from time to time. So this is your life. It's great. <laughs> I, I love listening. <laughs> I think it's really interesting. We, we're going to get to running, guys. It's all right. You, you sit tight. We're only 15 minutes in. We've got loads of time to talk about <laughs> running. So where did we get to next? So I was actually, after a summer season in the States, uh, got a phone call from my dad. I was in Florida and he said, oh, by the way, I've seen a job advertised in Dubai. Wow. Um, I've applied for you. You've got an interview on Tuesday. Wow. This was this was a Saturday. I was like, I'm on South Beach in Miami. <laughs> what? what, are you what, doing? what uh, oh, okay. Anything? Can you give me some information on this? He said, Look, just trust me. Just give him a call. And it was a company that was setting up out here. It was an outdoor education company. Wow. Who were going to partner with local international schools, taking the kids to do their outward bound trips here. Right. So not the high level Duke of Edinburgh stuff, but yes. their adventure camps. You right. know, they go away for a few days, and. I had an interview with her, the, the, the lady that was running it, and she said, yeah, come out. So that was three weeks later. I flew out um, 11 years ago, December, 12 years ago in December. And this is like 2008, 2009, middle of the sort of global financial crisis. Yeah, that, I didn't care about that. I had no money. Why did, I care about, <laughs> why, why did I care about finances? I was living a carefree lifestyle. Class, yeah. You know, it didn't bother me. It was a new country. I'd never heard, at that point, I'd never even heard of Dubai. Really? Oh, no. I mean, well, my parents had been here once on holiday. 
yeah. and that's how I knew about it. But it was never attainable. It was never a place like it is today, which is a you know a global, a yeah. global hub for people to come on holiday. Yeah. So for me, it was the Wild West almost. Yeah, right. Um, and then that was it. That brought me out here. Came out here. Worked for worked for two and a half, three years with that year round. Well, not year round. Obviously, it's yeah. too hot in the summer, yeah, so I would yeah. go back to America. Oh wow! Work in the states, come back again, and it got to a point where. Uh, I met my now wife out here. Funny enough, we live 45 minutes from each other in the UK, but we wow. met in Dubai at the Rugby wow. Sevens. Eight <laughs> thirty on eight thirty on the Friday night. So, good old you know, Rugby Sevens. Good old Rugby Sevens. There we go. Who wow. needs uh, Who needs dating apps? Yeah, so just go the Rugby Tinder, sevens. no need. Well, there's no Rugby Sevens this year, mate. No, I saw but, um, Yeah, crazy. First time in 51 years or something like that that it's That's not crazy. going ahead so there's a, lot, a lot of people like you might need to get on not like you now mate obviously <laughs> but Juliet if you're listening Marcus <laughs> is not saying <laughs> to get back on Tinder no 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 it's all good and so Dubai Rugby 7s and, and, and yep. that's and then it sort of I was with her for so we, were, we were then together and it was coming to the end of my sort of real enjoyment of being in the outdoors yeah I'll, I'll be very honest it was for me it was coming to the end of what I wanted to do. I always felt that um, there was more. Right. That I, I had in me more that there was to experience. I didn't know what it was. Right. Because I'd done an adventure recreation degree. Yeah. So I didn't have much qualifications, yeah. but <laughs> I knew there was something else. And at that point, you know, I I had some friends and they were like, well, look, you're a people person. Well, funny enough, it was actually, at a, talking about fitness, it was at a boot camp. Right. Randomly in Saffa Park, way back when, and met these guys and they said, look, I work in recruitment. Why don't you try it? You're a people person. Yeah. And that's sort of how that changed. Wow. So that's basically it then for me, you know, standard then Dubai lifestyle for the next few years, packed on a lot of weight. Did you? How? Uh, just obviously good eating living. and drinking. Good living. Talk um, to us about that a little bit, mate. For, 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 for two or three types of people. One, the type of person who doesn't know about Dubai <laughs> to the type of person who knows exactly what you're talking about and three the type of person who maybe lives in Dubai who sees people come here and balloon and wonders why that happens uh, so for those so type one person it's yeah. brunches it's yeah. availability it's lifestyle it's you can go anywhere and get anything at any time anywhere yeah. Yeah. on your phone I know that the rest of the world is not behind us we're not yeah. advancing that but it's just easy yeah. It's also 50 degrees at the moment. Yeah. I don't want to walk to the shop. Yeah. So you order. You order takeaway. Yeah. It's easy. It's convenience. Um, for everybody that's here at the moment, you know what it's like. You find yourself in patterns. Yeah. You get home at the end of a work day. I think generally the population here tends to work longer than you would in the UK. Yeah, it's, I, I've seen, I've talked about with people in the past. I don't know what it is. Maybe because we're expats. Yeah. You sort of feel you a little bit on. So there tends to be that longer working day, maybe. Yes. Yeah. You get home and you don't want to have to cook you don't want to cook yeah. nutritious food you don't you should yeah. or speak to smith street paleo.com um, <laughs> but you you sort of get to the end you're like oh I'll just get a takeaway and, and you yeah. fall into that trap and before you know it you're then piling up and especially at that stage where i wasn't educated on i didn't know enough about fitness yeah not just about fitness but just about just a healthy lifestyle yes um you sort of just spiral down and down and down and then you know and then we had we had you know five years ago we had our first daughter sophie yeah and and then again you fall into a different sort of routine yeah. um, i wouldn't say trap but a, yeah. a routine you, yeah. you know the, the, the focus now is very different yeah you know you spend all day when they're babies you try and <laughs> balance everything going on you don't want to then have to cook an extra meal at night and do you think do you think dubai makes it 
very easy to eat badly and be lazy? I think it's a very tricky question because I think Dubai allows you to do both. Yeah. I think it's the I think Dubai, yes, does make it very easy for you to eat badly and be lazy. Yeah. But then I also think Dubai allows you to eat very healthily and be very active. Yeah, I, I, in I, equal I, measure. But I agree. I think it's then you as an individual yes. deciding which route you want to take. Yeah, but it's very interesting what you said, mate, because like UK is standard nine to five. Like, that's really... Whereas, if you start working in Dubai at nine... You're two hours behind everybody else anyway. You're, you're pretty late, aren't you? Like, that's not a... You're right. Like, any time... If, if, if someone here says, I start work at 7.30, 7 or 8, 8 is pretty standard. Yeah, 100%. And if you finish work at 5, I always think, like... It's funny, in, in the gym, like, people that come at 4.30, we're like, do you guys have jobs? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because you, you got out half an hour ago. You've yeah. driven here. And so, you're what? like, what's going on here? And they're like, oh, no, I finished like 4.30, 5 o'clock. And you're like, you are, you are just an anomaly. Like a lot of Dubai working day could be anywhere between 8 a.m. to 6 or 7 p.m., which is, which is incredibly long. And then, and I think it, it does, mate. It's not, like you said, it's not an excuse, but... Because there's so many options here, and there are in other big cities, but we're not all from, like where I'm from in the UK, York, it's, it's a city, but it's not a big city. and It's not London. It's not London. Now, in London, there's a lot of different options, whereas here, and I think, well, mate, you'd know because you've only been, you've been here for 11 years, it's only been in the last few years that really Deliveroo, or Uber's Uber Eats has gone now, but delivery really stepped things up. I mean, before there was there was a lot of delivery, but now there's a lot of a lot of delivery, isn't there? Oh, a million percent. I mean, the the ex- the access you have now in Insane. your hand in your phone to get Michelin starred food if you wanted to. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, obviously, with everything that's happened over the last four months, people have stepped up their game differently. But yeah, yeah. the last last two to three years, you've seen huge providers come through from an app perspective that just mean you don't have to go out if you don't want to. Yeah. I mean, the rise of e-commerce has been phenomenal in all aspects of yeah. things. Um, but it does allow you to sit back, get home from work, order your food on the way home, and but then you make the choice. Do you order something healthy, a salad to arrive at home, yeah. or do you just order a McDonald's to get when you're home? You know, it was, what was your choice then? McDonald's it was always the McDonald's. The it was always the McDonald's. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah, uh, you know, it was... A bit later on, we'll get onto it, but yeah. I mean, there was a stage where I was driving... If I was working in LA, I'd drive home, I'd pick up a takeaway... Burger King on the way home, eat it in the car, mm. get home, and then have dinner with the family. And wow. it would be a spaghetti bolognese. And wow. that was three days a week. Really? Oh, How did no. you feel, mate? Then, horrible. Really? I mean, so, to give you an example, I was, at the start of January, December 2018, yep. um, I was 146, 147 kg. Wow. And today, I'm about 110. Wow, well done. So thank you. It's wow. a hell of a long journey. Yeah. But it was one of those ones where there are two, you know, you talk about points where a path can change. Yeah. You talk about those individuals. There were two things that happened to me that really kicked on to that, um, which then sort of led me into where I am right now. Yeah. Um, one was getting asked to get off of the Formula Rossa roller coaster in Abu Dhabi really? because they couldn't close the barrier in front of an entire packed queue of people waiting. And you know there's only one reason why somebody's being asked to get off a roller coaster really? when they've sat down in the seat. Yeah. Really. Yeah. After they've watched three guys come over and try and press it down. That was pretty humiliating. Wow. Pretty humiliating. Yeah. And the second point was I was taking my youngest daughter 
to rugby tops. She she loved it, and the best the thing that she loved, and I could get involved, and the thing that she loved was running with me and passing. Right, you know, passed before, and I mean, I physically couldn't run. Wow, twenty meters. Really, physically couldn't do it. I was out of breath. Just be out of breath, mate. Out, out of breath, sweating, everything hurt. And I mean, you know, it got to the point where I, I, I didn't have clothes in the house that fit. You know, really? I'd be in sports shorts with a polo shirt on because that's yeah. all I had. Yeah. And then you just look around and, I mean, she never noticed. But for me, I'm looking at the other dads that are there and it's demoralizing. Is it? I'm just going, it may, it, it really sunk me into a depression. I got very angry. Um, you know, at that time, I, you know, I went, I, went to saw, I, went, I actually went and saw somebody about it because really? I was worried. I don't know if... I'm fairly confident the two were connected, but obviously I didn't go in that general direction. Yeah. But I was very angry all the time, and I was never really sure why, and I was worried that it was going to carry over into different things, never violently, but yes. just I would always be be angry all the time. Yeah. And it was because I was unhappy, because I knew I was this size and just didn't How work. Did it, did it affect your relationship with your wife? I don't think so. Right. Um, did she... Uh, when you speak about that anger, mate, obviously... We, we, you know, it's not in a, in a in a violent way, as you said. But if you're angry, she could feel that. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, I would be snappy. Yeah. It was. I was not always pleasant. Yeah. I was never horrible. I don't. You know, I'm sure she would say say otherwise. But <laughs> we'll no, get no, her on uh, next yeah, week. <laughs> call her in. We got a caller on yeah, the line right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, no, no. But I would be quick to snap and judge. I mean, she was. She's fantastic. You know, yeah. she's the. Mo- she's one of the. Mo- she's such an easygoing. You know person she's phenomenal yeah yeah i I must not have been easy yeah because i would get frustrated but it was things that i couldn't looking back now obviously i could control but in my mind i couldn't control it yeah um and that's sort of where everything changed i mean i'll show you a picture afterwards yeah before and after it's like you know me looking back now it's like two different people so was it a a a moment in time or was it a day can you remember it where you just kind of went this i'm done with it and i'm going to change yeah it was new year's day 20, really 2019 so juliet and i juliet my wife yeah. and i had taken the kids to x park junior right and so we were there nobody else was there and we were sat down and we kind of just said looked at each other and we just said we've got to do something something's got to change and it was at that moment the two of us and she's done the same thing she's right. gone on the same journey lost the same amount of everything wow well done um and we both decided right there to do it together um, Amazing. You know, we put. To, well, I don't. You know, there's there's a million and one people ask me now all the time. What did you do? Like, tell me, tell me the answer. Yeah, like, yeah. What did you know? I want to know exactly what you did. What meals did you eat? When did you eat? What did you do? Yeah. And look, there's a litany of things that I did, and you know, people preach different things all over the case. Fundamentally, calories in versus calories out. Bottom, yep. bottom line, find something that works for you, diet wise or whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever it is, for example. We did keto. Right. We'd heard about it. It worked for me. Yeah. Clearly it worked for me. That's just how it felt. Do you still eat keto now? No. Why did you change? Um, fundamentally, I don't think it's a long-term sustainable diet. Great. Um, yeah. If I'm very honest. Yeah. Um, it's very restrictive. Yes. It did what I needed it to do. Right. And it actually helped me have a better relationship with food. Right. And actually better understand the way food affects me. Right. So, for example, I know that if I eat carbs, yeah. it massively makes me feel really lethargic, yeah. makes me heavier, bloated, holds water, and I just don't feel great. Yeah. So, with keto, I obviously lost all of that, yeah. but then when you come onto it, you can drop in and out, and so now it's just about balance. 
Yeah. It's about understanding that it's okay if I have a sandwich. Yeah. As long as I then don't have a massive bowl of pasta. Yeah. And then eat X, Y, and Z on top of that. Yeah, right. Just yeah, Burger like, King and then spag bowl for dinner an hour later is pretty aggressive, mate. Well, in imagine, I mean, you know, I look, I look, <laughs> I look back on it. and But then, on to, you know, the biggest thing is I would go on a massive calorie deficit. Yeah. So when we were dieting, I mean, you know, the health professionals out there will be horrified. But yeah. you, know, you look at somebody my size and I was 1,800 calories a day. Wow. For... 10 11 months yeah you know realistically and yeah. uh but then i look back and think jesus i would have breakfast at home then you go out have a massive you eat massive lunch then you go to cheesecake factory oh start a main dessert cheesecake afterwards then eat at home and you just but that's the thing if sorry the cheesecake wasn't the dessert no no i'd have oh no sorry, cheesecake. Have no, no i took cheesecake home with me actually so really I'd have a cheesecake there and then take cheesecake home with me and when would you have the You'd have this second oh, that, cheesecake. That evening. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a really unhealthy See, what is going through food. your mind, mate? Well, I was hungry, obviously. At the time. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty but simple, really. This is what I, I mean, mate. Obviously, this is my job. And, and apart from being an annoying guy with a mic in my hand, like, I always am fascinated because I don't think there's, there's, there's not the same answer from two people. So, and it's different answer on different occasions as well. So it's like, yeah, I, I'm always just interested. Like, okay, you've just eaten loads. You've eaten, and, and you've eaten the cheesecake in this scenario. Sorry if, I, if this is, is bad, mate. But then what the fuck, like, why do you order another cheesecake to take, to home. take home? Yeah, I know. Because it tasted good and I wanted to eat it again later. Really? I, you know. You think that's what it is? I agree with you. I know how bad it is, and that's what you know. I look; it's unfathomable. Yeah. I use that word a lot now, but really? it's unfathomable <laughs> to look at that and just go, "What was wrong?" Because it's not a, it's not like a rational behaviour, is it's, it? No, it's not. I mean, don't get me wrong; that was not every day, so it no, wasn't for that sure, sort mate. of. Level. I know we're taking an yeah, example. Yeah, we're, we're, we're you know, I'm not six thousand <laughs> calories a day. No, um, no, every day. But th- that would be the scenario because it was, you know, we wouldn't go to cheesecake every week. But it's so, oh, well, actually, it was so good. We'll take it home and, and have it later. Really? But it was, that wasn't, there was at no point in my mind where I went, that's wrong. Or that's not, that's not what we should be doing. Or, really? oh, maybe I shouldn't probably, you know, you always have that, oh, should we, shouldn't we? Yeah, okay, let's do it anyway. And look, Gillette and I were bad influences on each other. Were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, and, but equally. Right. E- equally e- on both sides. And so, you know, it'd be, we'd always be, it'd always be easier to say yes. Wow. Yeah, go on, go on. Well, yeah, why not? And so you almost yeah. sort of helped each other. We were both enablers, people. really. Yeah, yeah, enablers, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mate, in, it's incredible. And I, I, as you can see and as you know, mate, I'm, I'm literally fascinated by this stuff because I, I love to try and understand what's going on in someone's mind when, when they're doing that and, and the decisions. But we go back to it, mate. New Year's Day. Sorry, yeah. You go, <laughs> I love a tangent. <laughs> yeah, oh, mate, that's what the show's about. And you sat there and you sat together and you're like, we've got to make a change. What did that feel like, mate? I mean, it felt like a huge undertaking. I'll be very honest at the very beginning because suddenly you have to go, right, well, we want to do this. Where do we want to get to? Right. If we want to get there, how do we work back from there? Then it's, well, what diet are we going to follow? Who do we go and talk to? What websites do we use? Somebody recommended this. Somebody recommended that. What do we do? We didn't get professional help or anything. Yeah. We just read up a lot of things and, you know, self-educated to a yeah. certain degree. Yeah. But then you have to flip the entire lifestyle. Right. So we don't order these food anymore. We change the weekly shopping list. Um, we can only have these foods. We then have to look at, right, 
which rest which malls can we go to because we know which restaurants we can go to because we have those macros of those foods mapped out so we wow. know it's okay to go there wow it was boring as fuck really to a certain degree plotting macros to to begin with yeah. it was hard and boring yeah because right okay well let's in the middle of dinner you know really sad the two of us right let's work out our macros for this and we worked out with the kids kids are eating yeah and then you're like, well, how much is half a child's chicken nugget that I've just eaten off the side? Do you know, is that, you know, you try and, but then that's the mindset you have to get out of because yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. But what was great is we kept each other accountable. If right. I didn't have her there, I yeah. wouldn't, have, I would not have been, I would not have got here and yeah. vice versa. I know yeah. that she feels the same yeah. because we were then cooking for each other and, you know, we have help at home and that was a massive help as well because yeah. we talk about the long days. Yeah. You get home. Something's cooked. We plan, we meal plan, we make sure that everything's in place so that yeah. we don't get tempted. Yes. To, to stress. So removing, removing the temptation by it, yeah. it's almost like you've built your own safety net. Do you think that, like, it's, it's really interesting what you did, mate. And I don't think there's many people that are, I see a lot of people jump in like, like you have just explained and, you know, managing and, and worrying about what you're eating and macronutrient management. But it, Typically, if I went on the stats that I've that, that, that I've got of people that we've seen and treated, if if you like, those people don't last because it's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare, oh, 100%, isn't it? Hundred percent, hundred percent. To have to sit down halfway through a meal and be like, "So, did you weigh the beef you've just put in here? How yeah. much beef did we get? What was the percentage of fat in it?" No, no, I need the exact grammage. Do you think that worked well with your personality? Yeah, a million percent. Oh, I love I love stats. I love data. Yeah, love all that. I mean, I'm not. I mean. Julia will laugh. I'm in no way mathematically gifted. Right. In fact, I am terrible at maths. Right. Awful. But you loved the data. I loved it. Absolutely really? loved it. Yeah. Because it was, it, was, it was there. Do you know what I mean? It was a goal. 1800, right. How do I make myself up to that? It was that target that I yeah. could hit and try and play around with. So that's, that's the answer why it worked. 100%. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that element of it. Yes. Do you know what I mean? The stuff that you go in and it gets easier. Do you know right. what I mean? Because like I said, you know, you build in patterns. Yeah. So we would meal plan, which means that as boring as it was, yeah. every Monday, this is what we had. Right. Every Tuesday, this is what we had. So, so you had the same things on a Monday this week as Monday next week. Yep. And Interesting. So th- and so therefore, we knew what the macros were on that. Yeah. Because you plan it all out. So yeah. therefore, I didn't have to work it out. Yeah. So you just save it as a meal in my fitness power, whatever. Yeah. Bang it in the day. And put it down. And then, you know, we would get complicated, you know, we get you know, oh, can we skip a little bit on breakfast and then that means we can have a little bit of this later on. Yeah. And, you, know, you, you, play, you, you play around like that, you know. Of course, mate, yeah. Do you think, um, do you think, like, was there a point where you saw, or did one of you, did you feel she was weak or what would happen? I'll, I'll start this again, mate. Did you feel one of you had a weak moment and how would you support each other through that? Like, would you get to a point where maybe you just go, Julia, I'm just, I'm done with this. Let's order Burger King. You know, or was she like, Sam, this is just too much? Because it's hard, right? And you're still juggling two kids, you're juggling two jobs, you're juggling the whole thing, mate. So I'm trying to help people here that have gone all in on something like this, but have come to a scenario. Whereas remember before you've been enablers, you've almost egged each other on. Yeah, 100%. You know, you, you, you've looked for approval to have another bit of cheesecake and you've always got it. Whereas now you're going the other way, but was there moments of weakness? 
100%. If you want to call it that. I don't know if that's the right. That's why I got a little bit stuck there. No, no, I no, I, yeah, but I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. There's that, that element of, oh, come on, let's just jump off the bandwagon. Yeah. Right? Let's fall off the wagon, if you will. Exactly, mate. Um, no, we... So, to begin with, our first month, we said we are going to go hardcore first month. Cold turkey. So, that means... Really? No soft drinks. No, nothing. I mean, yeah. Diet Coke. Moved on to sparkling water. I never drank sparkling water before, but Beautiful. stupidly tricked my mind into it. Yeah. Coffee. I used to be... I, I've weaned myself off of white coffees. I can only drink black coffee now. I used to have white, you know, a white coffee with three sugars and it was Whoa. oh yeah there's there's a litany there's a number of things it was ridiculous but then you know we myself down to sweeten and then no milk and no sweetener so now black, i can't i physically can't drink a white coffee really? i only like black coffee yeah um so first month went cold no nothing and it was tough yeah there was a lot of times we were like oh but then we we sort of kept on each other right nice do you know what i mean there was never a point of um you know, I hate being told what to do, and Juliet hates even more not to be told what to do. Um, and so, it, we there was never a moment where we would have to fight each other to right. say, "Well, I really want to do this. Come on, let's just have a Burger King." No, we couldn't. Yeah. There was never any of that. Really, that's no, nice. Because I think we both realised, and realistically, within the first two weeks, saw an improvement. Really, in, that's right. beautiful, oh, mate. Hey, I could show you. I could show you graphs and the line yeah. straight down. It's like falling off a cliff. It was yeah. insane. Obviously, a waterway at the time, but. Yeah. We'd seen progress. Got and then it. you get that mindset, and you go, oh, this is working. Yeah. Well, I don't want to fuck this up. Yeah. And so you sort of just carry on. And then, you know, we, we'd put, we had a friend's birthday at the end of the month, and there was a brunch. And so we said, right, that's the goal. Right. So we will get to the end of the month cold. I mean, that will be our reward. And you set yeah. yourself those sort of plateaus. And How was that brunch? It was awesome. It was really funny, actually, because we went into it. And even when we were there, we were like, oh, well, yeah, we'll probably just have, we didn't just go, Give me all the chips. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> if we turned around and done that or it was just give me everything we can possibly eat. You know, I still ate sensibly. I yeah. ate more than I probably would have normally. You know, calories were out the window. But I probably stuck. No, my fitness pal that day, mate. Fuck no. But, you know, <laughs> I drank beer and didn't worry about yeah. it. I, I ate a lot of steak and probably more protein than I would on the other side. But, again, it's because I was making, making the conscious decision to do that. Whereas yeah. before, I'd have been... I just eat whatever I feel like. Yeah. Whereas now I was making intentional decisions to say, well, no, I know I'm at a brunch, but I've also got this in the back of my mind. Yeah. I worked this hard yeah. to get here. Yeah. I'm not just going to f- fuck it all up yeah. one day. Yeah. So there were always moments of, no glaring ones, I'd say, but there yeah. were always moments of, oh man, this is tough. Yeah. You know, you go out with friends and they want to give their kids X, Y, and Z and yeah. they're eating it and you can't, or you go to people's houses. Like we became hermits get, get almost for a month. Yeah. You know, being like, oh, well, you know, what, what can you, what can, oh, well, I can't have that. Taking, go to ki- I yeah. remember going to taking Sophie to a kid's party and yeah. the only food they have for an adult was a massive pizza. Really? So I didn't eat. Which is fine. You know, and I was okay with that. And yeah. then people, do you want anything? Oh no, I, I'm not. But then when you, did you feel stigma, a little bit, yeah. Massive. A little bit massive. like, it almost socially retarded, right? Huge, yeah, absolutely. Because because there is a there is a huge stigma on the word diet. Yeah, huge stigma on the word yeah. diet, and that's what we were on. We were on one. Yeah. But then, as soon as you say that, they're like, "Oh, well, can you eat that? Can you eat this? Well, can you eat that? Can you eat this?" And it's like, "Well, I'll worry about me. Yeah. You worry about you. Put yeah. out whatever you want. I'll work around. I'll it. figure. And, you know and I mean? if like, I get really hungry, I'll nip to the shop. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that sort of thing. And you work around it. Yeah. But yeah, you look. The friends that we had understood. Yeah. They got it. They were on board. Phenomenally supportive. Laughed yeah. about it a lot. Yeah. But that's what you needed. 
Yeah. They jumped on the back. There was nobody that were like, fuck you, I'm not dealing with you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you, go, you guys are boring. Yeah. Yeah, it, but it, it is interesting, man. I think that's, that's almost, that's an excuse that people use as well, right? It's like, it's almost like, well, all my friends drink, so I, I have to drink. Like, I've had some great nights, I drink. I've had some great nights when I've not drunk. You know what I mean? It's not, yeah, yeah. I'm not against it. It's, it. it's whatever. But some nights I quite like to go out and I don't mind to be in a, I don't often like to do it, mate, but I've had, like, I've been out in bars and it's fine. You know, if, if you don't have a problem, I don't have a problem with it. You know, it's, it's it, but it's, I think it's a, it's a, it is a, almost a final excuse for people or it's one of many excuses that are, I caved in because I was at, a kid's party is a great example. And of course, your kids have, are in a class of 20 or 30 people. There's a party every week. Basically, over the winter. It's insane. Like, it's ridiculous. And it can be two or three a day, right? I yep. mean, I'm lucky I don't have kids. That's why I managed to stay in shape. But, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, no, my sister tells me about it. And I'm just like, oh my God, I just, I just couldn't do it. It takes enormous, like, you know, I jokingly say it, but it does take so much willpower. Yeah. To yeah. Just, to, to not just take half a chicken nugget off the kid's yeah. plate when you're putting it away or they've not finished this and I'll finish that as well. Yeah. Huge amount of willpower. But if you make those rules, you stick by them, right? Absolutely. Talk to us a little bit about movement. Did you start to say, okay, we'll walk every day, we'll run every day, or I want to be able to... And one of the examples you gave is that you couldn't run with your daughter more than 10, 15 meters. So what was your approach to movement? So the first biggest thing that came to to this is because i've exercised in the past you know, yeah. i've been to the gym you know and so i I, un I understand all of that i've done crossfit previously yeah um but not for a long time yeah so i enjoyed it but the biggest thing for me was fitting it in as a schedule that was the number one thing that came to how can i make time for this right and so from day one i made sure i made time for it so what that meant is to begin with i went walking every morning at 4 a.m where we lived wow. in the ranches, there's a lake behind Alreen where we were, which is about one and a half kilometers. Wow. Every morning at 4 a.m. I got up and I walked around that lake. Why 4 a.m.? Because it takes me, took me an hour or whatever to walk around it. I get back, relax, shower, kids get up. Then I have to get the kids up for school because my wife's a teacher, so she yeah. leaves early. I need to get the kids up, give the kids breakfast, get the kids ready for school. I need to get ready for work. Then I leave the house. Right. So I need to be out at that point. Right. So I then have to work backwards. You know, you make you, you, you talk a lot about it in terms of sleep. Yeah. You, know, you say, well, if I have to get up at this point, I have to go to bed here. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And so that's what time I had to get up to do it. Wow. And that's what I did. I just built up and up and up distance-wise. I and mean, then it got to the point where I was walking two or three kilometers, four kilometers, alongside the diet and the weight yeah. loss. And, uh, sorry. It's all good. Um, and... I was thinking, well, never, there should be something more. I've never been a runner. Right. Which is really funny when we're going to get onto it. Yeah. <laughs> never been a runner because I've always been a big guy. Yeah. Even now, I mean, I'm 6'4". I've always He's been a big six guy. four. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. I've never really considered running. Right. Because somewhere, at some point, I was told or I heard yeah. it, it's not right because I'm too big. Yeah. For whatever reason. But I wanted to try. And so when I, Juliet said... You know, there's this NHS Couch to 5K app. Got it. And I thought, why not? Yeah. And that's what happened. It was probably about... So I started all of this in January, probably about mid-Feb. 
really when I, when so I started early probably yeah a month and a half in yeah month and a half two months maybe um and then that was it and the couch to 5k if anybody doesn't know it is basically a um it is a walk and run to build yeah. you up from nothing yeah. literally physically not being able to move basically yeah <laughs> to be able to run continuously for 30 minutes right which they say should be 5k it might not yeah. be but it's to run for 30 minutes right and it was that was it every morning i went out and did it three times a week um wow. and and that's how i built things up unbelievable mate the two go hand in hand was there a day where your where you started to use one to offset the other what yeah. I'm saying here is, okay, if I now do 30 minutes more walking, I can eat a little bit differently. No. Really? No, no, no. So now it's a bit different. So today, as of today, we yeah. can get on to what that looks like now because I'm in yeah. a di- very different place. But yeah. no, back then, like my fitness pal has an element where you can add exercise have exercise, yeah. Never turn that on. Wow, this is interesting. Never ever turned it on because as far as I was concerned, that was bonus. Right. So very interesting. So what I realized is that that exercise and movement became yeah. became my happy place. Why? Because it was where I could go and zone out. I listened wow. to podcasts, I listened to the Innerfight podcast, Thank which I'm you, now mate. very, very <laughs> proud to be part of. Yeah. But that's you know, that's where I first started learning and hearing about you and, wow. and, and the stuff you guys are doing. Um, but then listen to all sorts of things and it was a time for me to forget everything. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't think, I didn't plan, I didn't do anything Unreal. and it zoned me out. And you know, I talked a bit about, I had anger. Yeah. Um, you know, running never helped, but probably, I think the first time I reached out to you was probably June, July last year-ish. Yeah. I was, I was actually trying to put that together, mate. Cause I think yeah. you're in the mountains somewhere. Yeah. As sure you always are. <laughs> um, as you're doing something crazy. Yeah. I think I was in France. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, because I just bought a barbell Got it. and weights and because I wanted to work out at home. Yeah. And that was sort of my first thing, you know, because I've been going to the gym every now and again, but again, we talk about schedule and fitting things in and the gym didn't open till six. Right. Well, six o'clock, my kids are up having breakfast. I need to get ready for work. Yeah, right. And then I finish work at 5.30. Yeah. Kids bedtime six. So right. I get home for dinner, put the kids to bed. Then it's seven o'clock. I mean, I'm like, well, do I want to see my wife at all or, yeah, or not? Yeah. And then you think, well, where? And so I worked around it. I found a solution. Yeah. I spent money. I bought it in and I worked out at home. Wow. And that for me immediately took away that anger that I had because I just took it out on the ways. You know, it's a stupid thing. And all of a sudden, it, but it wasn't even anger anymore. It was, yeah. it was it, there was nothing there because all of that excess energy or whatever you wanted to call it was gone from doing it. So good. And so I sort of, but I was enjoying running yeah, as well, as well as doing a bit of everything. And I set myself a target and I said, right, in December, when was it? October last year, October, November, I think it was. I said, right, I'm going to run my first ever 5K. Wow. No training, well, apart from the couch to 5K. And I did it. I ran a 5K, I ran a, ran a 5K, my first ever one. And it was phenomenal. Yeah. Great feeling. Want to smash a load of pancakes afterwards? <laughs> but so you did use the trade off. I did use the trade. I then didn't eat for the rest of the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, Weak. <laughs> it was uh, so. I mean, that was a massive thing. And then I thought, okay, well, what next? Yeah. You know, I'm not a. I'm so in awe and admiration of guys like you in terms of you set these massive, 
massive unachievable things to the normal person. Yeah. Unachievable. Yeah. But why? Why are they unachievable? Because you do it. Yeah. It's proven. Yeah. And so for me, I'm, there's that little element of me. There's some things I did in lockdown as well we can get to. Yeah. But, um, I said, right, well, what next to me? What's my next goal? Well, my next goal is 10K. Yeah. I can't say I'm going to run a marathon. Yeah. Because that's a, still a little bit away. What is it? Is, I want to jump in there, mate. Sorry. If you said to yourself, or I said, Sam, you're going to run a marathon in three months. What would happen to you? Like, what, what do you start? Hopefully, you don't start sweating and come out in blotches. But what, what's the feeling, mate? Uh, today? Yeah, like right now. Great. I say to you. Let's do it. Then? How? How is that even possible? Right. And that's the thing. I've talked about this with people before is, and I use the word unfathomable. Yeah. It wouldn't have even been possible for me to think about. Begin to think big. about because what it, it couldn't e- it couldn't even be a thought for me a yeah. possibility yeah. but it's very different now because now I'm like well yeah I know I can run yeah I can do it why not yeah I put my you put yourself in that mindset of saying well no it is achievable well, yeah. just have to work for it yeah and it's I think more the more so it's allowing yourself to be open to it yes is a big thing like um there was something I did during uh, I'll jump forward now but into into lockdown there yeah. were there were stupidly i set myself three challenges during lockdown right so the first one was to climb the height of the burj khalifa on my stairs in my villa yeah that was number one uh the second one was to run 12k which was the furthest distance i'd ever run in my garden of 30 meters yeah (laughs) which took two and a bit hours and then the last one was somebody stupidly said to me why don't you row five kilometers every four hours for 48 hours yeah and i went yeah great idea similarly that's like the Goggins challenge. It was, the, it, it, was based, it was based on Goggins, but because yeah. I couldn't run. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. had a row at home, yeah. and they said, do that. Yeah. And, and I did it. But, you know, you then look back on it afterwards, and you say, six months ago, I would have even thought of saying yes to it. Yeah. But now I was like, yeah, why? Yeah, why absolutely. Not? I know yeah. I can row, fi- I row 5K. Yeah. So you go but back. But why, mate? Sorry. Why the difference? Why are you saying yes now, and you didn't six months ago? I don't know if I have an answer to that, really. Yeah, good answer. If I'm if I'm completely honest, it yeah. was something happened. Clearly, mm. I'm in a very different place now. Um, you know, I saw things happen. You know, I saw the weight drop off. I went out and bought new clothes. You know, yeah. big milestones and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, you yeah, see yeah. the things yeah. ch- scales changing, but then also achievements is you know I then ran a 10k in January this year at the Dubai Marathon. That was a huge thing for me. I yeah. never thought, I'd do five, five, 10K, Jesus Christ. Yeah. How the hell am I ever going to run a 10K? Yeah. I run a 10K. And then you then, go, but it's, I think it's surrounding yourself with influences that allow you to become open to that. So I mean, yeah. it sounds a bit airy-fairy. And no, I get exactly what you're saying. If, if you don't see that stuff, that's why, that's almost why things like social media well, social media in itself, Instagram alone is so positive and so negative. 100%. If you control who you follow and you follow people, then you can, you can follow people for a certain amount of time and then if they're not serving you, get rid of them. And that's, to me, that's absolutely fine. But if you can bring all of that energy from those people to lift you up and give you the belief, then it's the most positive tool in the universe. Absolutely. And it's like I said, you know, following somebody like you, and the rest of the coaches here and, and, and lots of other people all over the place that just do inspire you to do something different. Yeah. Maybe not go out and run 50K and then bite 50K, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, 
but just to try and try something different. Step yeah. outside of your comfort zone yeah. and be a little bit better. Yeah. That for me is the big thing. And you're, but I do 100% agree with you. You do it while they're serving you. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm honest, I don't like to think I would, but yeah. if tomorrow your message suddenly didn't resonate with me... You'd have to stop. I think that's okay. And it's fine, mate. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Mate, we don't have too much time left. I've, I've taken a lot of, of your time. Fast forward, we've got to give him a plug in the start of June... It was June, yeah. Gee, it's gone fast. Start of June, Robert Jones, our resident, the most world's most loved running coach. What a guy. <laughs> See, what a guy. Launched the Start to Run program. Why did you sign up for it? This is not a promotion. I'm just super no, no, interested. No. And if it comes out really good, then people will sign up. And if it doesn't... Oh, no, don't sign up. Whatever you do, guys, it's terrible. <laughs> no, cut this bit out, Marcus. Yeah. Um, no, it's like I said to you, I was, I'd done that 10K. Yeah. I was enjoying running. Yeah. But I couldn't do more than 10. Right. Physically couldn't. Mentally, physically, whatever it was. I yeah. didn't know how to train to go further. I then did, then did these three stupid challenges through lockdown yeah. that I set myself. But then I lost all motivation. I think everybody that's listening will understand that going through lockdown, whether you're, fitness, you're into fitness or not, there yeah. was that lull where you sort of felt a little bit lost. Yeah. And I did with my training. I didn't really want to get up and train. There was wow. that element of it. Yeah. Um, and so I was looking for that next thing. My next goal is a half marathon. I always said I want four medals, 5K, 10K, half and a full marathon. That's really? what I want. That's what I want out of running. They're my goals. Yeah. And I said, right, well, half marathon's next. How am I going to get there? And I was looking around and funny enough, it was you that I saw. You'd posted this, you'd forwarded on Rob's, because I wasn't following you at the time. I'm really yeah. sorry. Really sorry. <laughs> um, but you saw it. I thought, hang on a sec, that looks quite interesting. Yeah. And so that's sort of how I came about it. I messaged you about right. it, messaged Rob yeah. about it. I mean, sort of got involved. Yeah. That's how it came about. In a nutshell, mate, start to run. I mean, it's phenomenal. Really? Yeah. I, do you know, it was, I think I even said to you at the beginning, because you asked me about it after a couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah, So sort I of said, how's it going? Yeah. I'll be very frank. Because I'd run 10K, I've been able to run 10K. Distance-wise, it felt like a little bit of a step back. Yes, yes. But... Now, 10 weeks on, yeah. I mean, I did, th I ran 13K yeah. on Saturday, my furthest ever distance. Unreal. But, and it felt great. Wow. It felt faster than I've ever been. And, but all because of this program, because yeah. now when I'm going out three times a week, I'm going out intentionally and running. Yeah. I'm not just going out for a run. I'm yeah. doing drills. I'm doing a certain workout. I'm working on pacing. I'm learning about heart rate. Um, it's everything that, it's the same motivational factors that you used with your food that are working for you and you're running. Yeah, 100%. Because I, exactly I can see data, you can right, see so you it. need to do this at this time and then do this yeah. and it works. Yeah. And that for me is some, something that works for me, obviously. So guys, if you're one of these people like Sam, if it just works to have that plan there to be told, no matter if it's easier, harder or whatever, like, like you said, mate, and, and, and we had that like the first few weeks, it's actually psychologically or on paper start to run was maybe a bit of a regression because you'd run yeah. longer than that before and it's like it's and that's where it, when, when you were talking about the nhs couch to 5k i was like hmm, this is interesting because i didn't know that you'd you'd been on that yeah and i'm like actually that's weird because if you've already done that 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 was nhs couch to 5k is is a little bit where we got the inspiration for start to run yeah we're like we'll do something similar but that we can co coach here so but it's very interesting the fact that the structure of the program the numbers almost being told what to do shot your motivation up again it really did and it was it was to be part of something 
Yeah. Um, you know, you talk a lot about the inner fight community. Yeah. And that for me, especially now, 10 weeks in, yeah. has just been amazing. Yeah. Like coming down to a coffee run. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, it was never did I think it would be, I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't come down for a while because yeah. I felt a bit intimidated. Yeah, I remember chatting to you about it. I you think. know, because yeah. you sort of go, geez, I see Marcus Smith down there yeah. and Tom Walker and, you know, these yeah. big guys down yeah. there and you're like, little old me yeah. po- pooling along for two minutes then walking for a minute and you know this yeah. and uh, do I deserve to be there yeah. um, but then I was like actually no I am part of this community yeah you are and then once you break into it like the atmosphere there just to be around people with the same not just you yeah. guys but everybody yeah, that goes down there yeah it's cool the positivity the yeah. energy the drive and it just spurs you on for the rest of the day yeah Thursdays I love it. <laughs> Thursday coffee runs get there it, get, mate, it's very good listen Sam we could go on forever I'm conscious of your time I'm conscious of the listeners time I'm very sorry that's all good mate we've had a really good natter I want to wrap it up as I often nearly always do best piece of advice mate you could share with the listeners I think I want to make it about the journey of the last 18 months yeah. because we, we could literally talk for another hour. We could do a, we could go Joe Rogan on this one, <laughs> couldn't we? <laughs> Maybe not his most recent one. We were on mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, but mate, what has been or what could you share with, with with the listeners as the best piece of advice you could share? What you've learned over the last 18 months? Um, two things. One, whatever you find and whatever you decide to do. Make it work for you. Don't copy somebody else. Make it yours. So if it's a diet, is it going to work for your lifestyle? Don't just do it because your favorite Instagram is doing it or they say you should do it. Find the one that works for you in your life. And secondly, don't try and be 100% better every day. It's physically impossible. Just try and be 1% better every day. And by over time, you'll get there. Amazing, mate. Thank you so much. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> this has been an absolute blast. Mate, we've, we've crushed an hour and literally we, we've just scratched the surface of so many things, but an amazing story. I definitely, definitely want to speak to you in more detail about your dissertation and the perception of risk. I sort of was writing notes as, I saw as, that you were going, as yeah. we're going through, mate, and I, you know, it, it, it wasn't the right day today, but well done, mate. Very inspiring. And I think one, one thing that's, that's amazing is you make it sound quite straightforward and it actually really is now all of the macros and stuff people might be a little bit confused about but it's not rocket science right 100 percent. i could go into detail as i'm sure you could break yeah. down every single thing but it's not yeah calories in calories out figure it out so congratulations thank, thank you, you buddy. Mate. Cheers. appreciate it